the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Good morning and welcome to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show on your Saturday morning. My name is Bob Jones in for the vacationing. Chris McKay. Chris is away with family this weekend. And Chris, I know you're listening and I hope everything is going well. And with us in studio this morning, as always, is our host, financial planner and retirement expert, Larry Rosenthal. Larry, good morning to you as well. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. I'm doing well. But I do have to ask you a quick question here, sir. What did I do? You think Chris is on vacation and you think he's listening? Yeah. I hope he's not. I hope he's vacationing. I know he's not keeping an eye out on you, Larry, but I'm pretty sure he's keeping an eye out on me. There you go. There you go. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. You know, we've been doing this show for over 15 years or so on WAVA in Washington, D.C., and just recently we'd like to welcome our our nationwide listeners on Sirius XM Family Talk, Channel 131, across the country, border to border, and see the sign, shining sea, as they say, Chris. So, uh, you know, lots of new callers, lots of new people all around the country. Again, this is a, a uh, biblically-based financial planning live call-in talk show. <clears throat> Just to keep the phone lines open and rolling all day, if you have any questions on anything at all, you know, what, what's tugging on your heartstrings this morning about money? Stop and think about that. What are the questions you want to ask? What's bothering you? What keeps you up at night about money? Is money providing for you or is the Lord providing? What's going on in your mind? Are you controlling money or is it controlling you? Give us a ring this morning if you have questions on anything, the stock market, interest rates, what's going on with with, uh, your retirement plans, taxes, estate planning. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. So, Bob, you know, each week I start the show off with what's going on in the markets and the economy and and the question that I've received the last couple of days with with our clients and with with people all around the the community and things is hey Larry what happened and I'm like (laughs) what do you mean what happened well what happened Thursday and Friday in the stock market right you know exactly because the markets only always go up everything's good right except for Thursday and Friday that's not the case. That's correct. So let me break it down for us here and take a good look at it. 
let's just let's just drop 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 all the Wall Street talk and and about co coefficients and disbursements and all that crazy language that Wall Street sticks out there and let's just simply take a look at some things real quick let's just suppose Bob that you decide you want to go down to the car dealership and buy a shiny new car right I would like that and so would Mrs. Jones yes there you go so now you go down there and you shop around and you say hey I want this car and you're going to get the car, and you say, well, I'm going to put it on time. I'm going to finance it. And the car is going to, let's say, run 350 a month. And you say, you know, this is great, but I'm going to come back maybe at Valentine's Day, which is not that far away, and I'm going to buy this car. And you go back at Valentine's Day, and you buy the car, and you're getting ready. You walk in the showroom. The, the salesperson's there, and you go, let's do the deal. And they go, well, something changed. Instead of it being 350 a month, it's now 400 a month. And you go, well, what happened? Did you raise the price? And, you, and they say, no, the price is still the same. The deal's the same. Interest rates have gone up. And you go, oh, wow, well, I don't want to pay $400 a month for this car. I would love to have it at $350. That's what happened Thursday and Friday in the markets, uh -huh. uh, Bob, is interest rates went up. Okay. And as interest rates go up, it slows down the velocity, if you will, of money, it slows down the economy. So so let's dive into this a little bit further here and, and really sort of dissect exactly what happened on Thursday and Friday. So there's two interest rates that we need to watch, basically. One is the Federal Reserve rate. And they came out and said, hey, we're going to continue to raise rates right now because the Federal Reserve has – they control monetary policy, as it should be. We don't want Congress doing it. We want the Fed to do it, okay? Trust me on this. <laughs> so so when, when the Federal Reserve – they have two mandates, maximum employment and price stability. And you can't have both at the same time because they conflict each other. So we have maximum employment right now, right? Employment rates are very, very attractive. Correct. Job market's very, very strong. There's not a lot of what they call elasticity in the job market. In other words, people that want jobs, they're working. Mm -hmm. What does that do? That means wages rise. That means people make more money. That means they spend more money. And when more money's being spent on goods and services, prices rise. That's called inflation. So the Fed, one of the Federal Reserve's mandates is price stability or maintaining um, uh, purchasing power or maintaining control over inflation. So what they simply do is they just raise interest rates a little bit. So when the Federal Reserve raises interest rates a little bit, it just slows down things a little. Then the market also dictates what happens with the 10-year note. So the government sells different bonds. Bob, they sell a one-month bond, a three-month bond, a five-year bond, a seven, a ten, a thirty-year bond, and so forth and are, so on. Are those the so-called treasury bonds, Larry? Exactly, they're okay. the treasury bonds, treasury notes, whatever. So the when you see the ten-year treasury note go up and down, that really dictates a substantial amount of control over the overall economy because the ten-year note ties itself to many, many different instruments that you and I as consumers use. For example, the, when the 10-year goes up and down, it, it affects corporate bond rates. It affects the 30-year mortgage rates. It affects credit card rates on your, your credit cards. Now we're talking the Jones budget right now when you mentioned Exactly. The it affects auto loans, mm -hmm. student loans, personal loans. It even affects savings rates at the bank.
So when you see the 10-year note go up, now all of a sudden everybody says, hey, things are going to get a little bit more expensive. And when things get a little bit more expensive, it slows down the velocity of money, which slows down the economy. That's what happened on Thursday and Friday this week. So backing, looking in our rearview mirror, since the financial crisis, the 10-year note has been well under 2%. So it's crept up a little bit above 2%. In February this year, the second week in February 2018, the 10-year Treasury note jumped above three, and that's when the market sold off in February. And then the 10-year Treasury came back down, and now it's peaked its head up, kind of like a groundhog popping up out of the ground, looking all around. <laughs> it just The 10-year Treasury just sort of popped up above 3% the other day, and it kept on going. Mm. It's a little bit over that, 3.2 now. So the fear is that the 10-year Treasury will continue to rise and stall or slow the economy. That's what took place Thursday and Friday in the market. Now, let's just let calmer heads prevail for a moment. I was going to say, this is only two days. Correct. Let's let calmer heads Uh exactly prevail for a moment and, and, and sit back and take a look at this. Historically, where does the 10-year Treasury have to get to before we really roll over and stall the economy and possibly dip into a recession? And it's not until it gets north of 5%. We're we're barely halfway there. Right. It doesn't sound like a long way between the difference between 5% and 3%, but really, it really is. Okay. Okay. And so this is just sort of, you know, what I would call, you know, almost like – you know, birthing pains. Hey, <laughs> this is coming, but it's not quite here yet. Okay. We still have a ways to go. The, the probability of a recession at this point is, is very, very low, historically speaking. And so. the contractions are far enough apart that we're not in a hurry to get to the hospital just yet. <laughs> Correct. So that's exactly what happened when you sit down and drill down to it. Now, that's how we break it all down for, for everybody there. And a lot of Wall Street speak, you're going to hear it in, 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 in other shows and, and, and on the television. They all talk their fancy talk. But, but keeping it very simple and breaking it down this way, that's what happens. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Interest rates in every market get too high. It slows down the economy. And, and so the great debate here is this, is, is the Federal Reserve has come out and they basically said, you know, we see where the jobs are. We see wages rising, but there's not an indication of a lot of inflation in the system However, they said that they want to continue to raise rates probably three times next year in 2019 and maybe one more time this year, probably in December. So with that being said, that's the great debate. This is the conversation that you're going to hear going forward, which is, well, if there's not a lot of inflation, why is the Fed going to continue to raise rates? Do they want to wreck the party? No. They want there's a camp out there that says let's normalize rates, let's get them back to a normal level, so that in the future, if they ever need to use that tool of lowering rates, there's a lot of room to lower. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. But still, the bottom line here on where things are year to date, the markets are still doing well. Year to date, the Dow Jones is up seven percent, the Nasdaq is up twelve point eight, and the S and P is up seven point nine. That sounds like pretty good numbers historically. It is very good numbers. 
So when you stop and you take a look at just what happened the other day, people are all panicked, and, and I've been getting the question the last 48 hours of, hey, what happened, okay? Nothing happened. It's just normal volatility. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I see we have to take a quick break here. Let's keep the phone lines open. If you have any questions at all, give me a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here is Dr. Gary Jones, CEO of Youth for Tomorrow. You know, we started a girls' program in 2003. And you think you've seen it all and you've heard it all until our children walk on campus. And they will steal your heart in a moment. They'll steal your heart because they come with nothing but hope. That's all they come with. The FBI calls and says, you know, we, we arrested a sex trafficker last night but we still have the sex traffic victim we know you're the only facility in Virginia that'll take a girl like this do you have room for one more and we say yes if you would like to help go to youthfortomorrow.org a place like Youth for Tomorrow is an oasis in the difficult world that we live in today for these kids. Joe Gibbs founded Youth for Tomorrow because he wanted to give back. If that's how you feel and you would like to help, go to youthfortomorrow.org. That's youthfortomorrow.org. Get started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the Financial Planning Toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you would like to join in on our conversation, please give us a call now at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Larry, just based on your conversation of a minute ago, how does that affect the normal consumer, our listener, if we're interested in looking at perhaps buying a car or buying a house, and we saw what happened Thursday and Friday? Well, you know, if you're going to buy a car or a house, the question becomes, Bob, are you going to take the money out of the markets? And and if you plan on saving money in the markets, the closer you are in time to needing those dollars, the more conservative those investments need to be. So if you were looking to buy a car, let's say, at Christmas time this year, and you had money in the stock market, then Thursday's and Friday's actions in the market really wouldn't have, have, have really hurt the dollars at all because it should properly be positioned to be very conservative and not have much movement to the downside since you're going to be using those dollars very shortly. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Two days does not a lifetime make. This, this is absolutely true. Hey, let's shoot on over to Bowie and welcome Alicia on the line. Good morning, Alicia. How are you this morning? Hi, good morning. I'm great. Um, How can I help you? My question. Yeah, so I have a question. You were just talking about recession. So 
I was wondering how can um, someone prepare themselves financially to be able to um, weather through a recession? So weathering through a recession, and, and, and again, I wasn't talking like one's right around the corner by any means at all. Yeah. Right? Okay. Let's just get that uh -huh. out there first before I freak everybody out, okay? Right. So, <laughs> yeah, so, right. so it, it's sort of building blocks. You know, uh, it, when you understand how to, to build money properly, you know, well, let, let's go back to, to Scripture first and take a look at it. Proverbs fifteen sixteen says, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. And that's where, you know, a lot of people will have money sort of managing them. We need to manage money. It's the Lord's, and we need to be in a good stewardship position with it. And the way that we address your question here, Alicia, is we need to make sure that we have an adequate amount of money saved up in the bank so that if there's an emergency or something like that, we can weather that type of a storm. As we're investing dollars and we see what's happening in the economy, which means we've got to learn how to read what's going on in the economy and the markets, or hire someone that can tell you and say, hey, this is what's happening in the markets and the economy. As you start to see data indicate there's a slowdown coming, there's a change coming, there, you're moving into a different time frame in the market cycle, that's when you need to start making decisions and say, you know what, we've had a nice run, let's take some off the table and weather the storm a little bit. So it's really it. reading the tea leaves. It's not an exact science. It's more of an art. You know, Wall Street, okay. a lot of people think three plus two is five, and that's really not the case. <laughs> it's, it's three plus something gets us close to five because it's more of an art in reading the, the, the tea leaves of it all. So, you know, you, okay. look at, you look at leading economic indicators. You look at things like what we were talking about, interest rates, and you sort of lay them all out in okay. front of you and see what the report read see what the theme of all these data points read and there's there's tons of them there's hundreds of them and so okay. you know that's one of the things that we do with clients is we we teach people how to read matter of fact i have a i, I just thought of it i have a report that i can send you out if you want it's called market moving indicators and why investors c uh, um, care so it takes all the important data points and lists them not all of them but many of them and lists them out as to giving you education on how to read the economy and why you would care about the different things, you know, housing starts, interest rates, wages, things mm -hmm. like that. If you like, I'd be happy oh, okay. to send that out to you. Yes, that would be wonderful. Please, yes. Absolutely. Let me go ahead and put you on, on hold, and then we'll uh, – uh, Ken and you'll get your information, and we'll, and we'll send you out that report. Appreciate the phone call, Alicia. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Bob, I see we have some callers on the line. Could you just uh, kick them over to – We will. We've got one caller on. is asking about the financial planning toolkit, and maybe, since we are getting yeah, a couple of calls about and, uh, this this morning, can you just hello, tell us real quick – Larry. May I help you? Are they there? No, I think they're pressed the wrong button there. Okay. Anyway, so let's let's go back and talk a little bit about um, uh, continuing talking about interest rates here today and sort of what you were you were hitting on there, Bob, with how does a lot of this stuff affect consumers right. and things of that. When we take a look at interest rates, one of the things that we have to understand is is we all want interest rates in the bank account to be higher, right? Who doesn't want to get more interest on the bank money? But one of the byproducts of that is as the interest rates rise in the bank, it's an indication of inflation going up. And when you take a look at your rate of return at the bank minus inflation, 
minus your purchasing power and minus taxes, you're losing to those dollars right now. Matter of fact, it, it has been over 10 years now that um, savers have been punished. In other words, as because interest rates have been coming down so much, after you add taxes and inflation into this scenario, money in the bank is not has not been providing that well. Which, right. Which mm-hmm. brings me to my point now is I had a very interesting discussion with a client earlier this week, and he was telling me, he said, hey, Larry, over at XYZ Bank, I can get a five-year CD now at 3.25%. And I said, wow, that's a great offering. And so we started talking about it a little bit, and he said, I can also get a two-year at like two two point something. And I told him, I said, you know, here's the game. I said, at the, at, at the, the bottom line of this is that when you tie your money up, in a rising interest rate environment such as what it is now for a longer period, the question becomes, let's suppose in, in three years interest rates are, are at that level and go higher. Now, all of a sudden, you're in a deficit position because you're locked in at a right. lower interest rate. Because of the longer term. Because of the longer right. term. That's correct. So this is one of the things that – as, as we start to see more and more banks advertising in their windows, hey, look at our CD rates, blah, 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 blah. There's nothing wrong with that. But just make sure that when you're putting money into these time deposits, you don't put it in for too long of a period of time. You want the money to come due probably every 6 or 12 or 18 months. That way you can take advantage of the new rate increases because the Fed is telegraphing, hey, probably one more raise in 2018 and most likely three in 2019. That sounds like you're reading the tea leaves and thinking shorter terms for CDs and those type of investments might be the way to go right now. That's my point. Yes. That, that's exactly right. And then you can look at alternative with maybe some bond funds, too, that do well in rising interest rate environments. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Let's, let's shoot on over to Annandale and welcome, welcome Marilyn on the line. Good morning, Marilyn. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. How can uh, I help I, you? My question is, at the age of 80, I have uh, savings, and I'm out of debt. I have no debts at all. Uh, I own one house that we rent out, and my son is a builder, and he is asking if I would loan the money to our company to build uh, some houses in this area uh, for sale for profit. And I'm asking the question, is that a wise investment for me at the age of 80? Well, it depends on, on what your goal is with this money. It's it's great to help your son. There's no doubt about it. And he's probably going to get more favorable terms from you as far as interest goes than the bank. So, right, you know, does your son have a good track record? I'm sorry, go ahead. With uh, the savings that I've had all these years, it's just flat. So my question is, should I be like the bank for my son? So I don't, you know... <laughs> Does your how long has your son been in business, and do you understand uh, the many, risk? Many years. He's built at least twenty houses and churches and things like that. Okay, so it sounds like he's he's got a good track record with all this, Marilyn. Do you understand the risk if you lend him the money to to build the home and the real estate market turns down and he's not able to sell it? Then you could lose some dollars. Right. That's pretty much the risk there. So as long as you're confident in, in in the time frame of him building the home, being able to sell it, then you should probably do well in that type of a scenario there. Mm-hmm. 
So, right. so that that's sort of the numbers that you have to take a look at. I don't know how much money you're talking about. I don't know if you were to lose it all, if it would if it would really upset your financial situation. So, so those are some of the scenarios, uh, so, some of the numbers that you really need to really sit down and take a look at it. But I understand it. You know, it, you're going to be able to get a better return on your money if it all works than what the bank's paying you. So, you know, uh, I think as long as the numbers are there and you understand the risk, then why not go ahead and do it? Yes. Okay. Very good. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Hey, you can visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and pick up some of the topics that we're talking about here this weekend, as well as take, take a look at all of our past radio shows. Just go on there and click on Radio Shows. You'll see a button that says Past Shows, so you can get lots of information there. We have people going to the website all the time, downloading our reports and and dialogue on, on from the radio show reports and things like that. And, and during the week, people will call or email uh, asking for information on some of the subject matters that we want. And we want to be able to be an educational source for everyone when it comes to proper financial planning. So uh, yeah, let's uh, see. We got to take a quick break here. So give us a ring at eight five five seven six seven three one two three. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your making money sense. Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703 703- 201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Good morning and welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you have a financial planning or retirement-related question, that you would ask of Larry, you can do so right now by giving us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123, 855-767-3123. Larry, I like the way you handled our, our last call. It's it's a tough call about lending and borrowing money uh, when family is involved, correct? 
Well, it is, but it sounds like a pretty clean business decision. That yeah. you know, the the math is: can you afford to lose the dollars, and and do you think you can build and sell within the time frame while the markets are still hot? That that's the simple scenario there, and what's the payback on it all? So, uh, I think it probably work out. Good. So, sounds pretty good. So, getting back to the top of the show here, the question of what happened in the markets, right? <laughs> it it's it's interesting to me when when we take a look here. Um, and, and the latest data that we have here is through the end of, 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 ni- of 2017 because 2018 is not over yet. Right. But from, from 1997 through 2016, the average rate of return in the stock market, being the S&P 500, is 7.7%. So if you had just bought the market during that period of time, you'd have made 7.7%. Now I'm ignoring fees and taxes and all that kind of stuff. Guess what the average rate of return was for the average investor during that same period of time? Well, I think this is a loaded question because I've been listening to your show for a long time. And I think that the average investor makes the mistake of buying when it's high and selling when the market is low. And we probably don't get the same returns as if we had been patient. And, well, you're, you're correct. The average return during that period of time for the, for the S&P is 7.7%, and the average investor is 23 mm-hmm. And that's just devastating when you look at it. Inflation was 2.1% during that period of time, those 20 years. So when you, when you look at that, you have to ask the question, why? And, and the question is this. It's because people are making emotional decisions, such as things that happened just the other day. When, when the markets spike down or even spike up for that matter. So you need to understand what your buy-sell scenario is, and that goes to behavioral finance. How are you behaving with your finance? So I was, I was talking with a client earlier this week, and, and they've been retired for some time now, and, and she was saying, you know, Larry, it's, it's kind of weird, and she used the word weird, that we're not saving money anymore. They, they've saved all their life, and now they're withdrawing money. And she says, you know, it just kind of feels weird because we're so used to, for the last 30-plus years, saving money time in and time out. But now in behavioral finance, when, when you look at behavioral finance, you're having to change exactly what you're doing. And that's where a lot of people will make, will make mistakes is they don't have the discipline on understanding days like the like what we had in the marketplace. There's no long-term view. What is the long-term view? What is it that you're trying to accomplish with your different types of dollars? So, so behavioral finance is very funny. You know, you're not going to change your 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 scenario just because you retire or the or the markets go up or down or whatever. You can't you can't get too emotional when it comes down to all of all of the market movements all of the time. You have mentioned on a previous show that. The ups and downs in the market, if you miss by just a matter of days, your investment um, will not reach the level they would as if you would just stay put. Correct. Correct. Yes. If, if, and and, that's, and, and that, that goes to its time in the market, not timing of the market. You know, find quality, buy it and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. Very simply put, that, that's the deal right there. And you know you listen to Warren Buffett, and he says, "What's his what his favorite holding period is? Forever." <laughs> he's done well. I think, uh, just like you, he's someone I might want to listen to. Well, it's time in the market. That, right. That's exactly right. So, so, and and again, it's it's not getting caught up in emotional decisions like this. And it's days like Thursday and Friday last week, 
And this is not a big market movement by any means at all. But it's days like this when you really stop and you take a look at, well, what's the underlining integrity? What's the strength of my investments? Are they going to be able to handle days like that if they even get worse at some point down the road? Hey, let's welcome Lynn on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Lynn. How are you this morning? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. How can I help you? I'm trying to get an understanding of the fixed index annuity process. Is is that a good thought, uh, taking your, your retirement funds and putting them into one of those? And does it produce – I'm hearing that it, it can be great guaranteed amount. Yes, Lynn. So so let's let's take a look at – at the purpose of an annuity, whether it's a variable annuity, an indexed annuity, or a fixed indexed annuity, as you described. The purpose of an annuity, the primary investment objective is to get guaranteed income. So it takes market risk out of the equation for you. So if that's what your primary goal is with a certain amount of your money, then an annuity is going to perform that the best. Now, there are advisors out there, financial advisors, that love to put their clients' money into annuities. There's financial advisors out there that hate to put their clients' money into annuities. And, and I'm in the middle. I, 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 when, when somebody needs to have a certain amount of guaranteed income or they want to take away market and economic risk, an annuity is going to help solve that issue. You just don't want to put too much in there. So, so you are correct in that that's what will happen. Now, you have to sort of drill down and take a look at the different kinds of annuities. Some annuities are going to have fees. Some annuities are not going to have fees. Some annuities are going to give you lots of upside potential growth, whereas some annuities are going to cap your upside potential growth. Some annuities will give you lots of downside protection. Some annuities will give you a better income stream than others. So you really need to shop around and take a look at the different types of offerings that annuities will bring to the table. So I don't know how many different annuities you've looked at or if you've examined the, the pros and cons of, of each one of them, you know, well, you're not going to be able to do each one because there's hundreds. But, but make sure that the person you're working with has a good understanding of what your goals are and can direct you to three or four different ones to take a good look at. Okay. Thank you for that information. So some of the yeah, – absolutely, Lynn. Some of the questions that you want to be asking is what's the liquidity on the annuity? What are the rates? How long is the money going to be tied up in there? And what happens if you become incapacitated or you pass? Can your heirs receive these dollars? So if you want, I have some information. I have an annuity kit that can give you some, some guidelines on some of these questions to ask to help get you some education if you'd like. Lynn, that would be great. Yeah, Lynn, why don't let, you hang let on? Let me and put Kennedy. you on hold, and, and Kennedy will get your information, and we'll send you out some information on the different types of annuities. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Kevin on the line from Nashville. Good morning, Kevin. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? So I've got about $150,000 I'm looking to invest in some uh, low risk investment, and I'm going to keep. I want to keep it in there about a one to two years. Just wanted to see what you would recommend with the uh, recent market conditions. So, Kevin, if you want, if you want to, if your time frame is a couple of years, and you want it to be liquid, and you want your principal principal to be pretty stable, 
obviously principal guarantees and stability talks about bank products. The problem there is that the banks aren't paying that that high of an interest rate, right? So, so the question becomes, is there a place where I can move my money out of the bank and get a little bit higher interest rate and keep my principal as steady as possible? And the answer is yes. There are bond funds out there that do well when interest rates are rising. And on the other side, there's also bond funds that don't do well when interest rates are rising. So you want to make sure that you look into what's called a floating rate or a bank loan bond fund. It's completely liquid in today, out tomorrow. The I was looking at one earlier this, this, this week with a client. The price stability is very stable, and they tend to go up in value when interest rates are rising. And currently, they're paying a little over 4% interest. That would be the place that I would suggest would be an alternative to a bank product for the next couple of years. As long as interest rates continue to be pushing up, that would be the space that you would want to be in. Okay. So, so it's a, Sounds it's a, good. Yep, it's a mutual fund that way. And if you want, we'll send you out some info on it. I'll put you on hold, and I appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Catherine on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Catherine. How are you today? Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Um, yes, my question is I'm a pretty new um, federal employee, and I've been um, – just befuddled by all the, the TSP and should I roll over my 401k? I, I know all the acronyms for the 401k, 403b, all that, but now I'm into a new world and not sure what I should be doing with um, my investments. So you just started with the government in the TSP and you want to know if you should roll your old plans into the TSP? So the TSP will allow for that to happen. And for those of you that aren't familiar with what the TSP, it's the it's for federal employees. It's called the Thrift Savings Plan. It's the same equivalent as uh, a 401K plan in the private sector. So you, the TSP, Catherine, will allow for you to roll money in. However, you have to ask the question, do you want to do that? Because the TSP is it, uh, it's very low expenses, which is very good. But it's very limited as to the breadth of your investment choices. It has five positions in it. It has the C, G, F, S, and I funds. Um, so it doesn't have stuff like like uh, emerging markets or it doesn't have international small company stocks or it doesn't have technology or biotech. It's just got oh. broad-based indexes like the S&P 500 or small company stocks and things of that nature. So you have an opportunity with your old employer plans to keep them there, cash them out, roll them to the new TSP for yourself, or roll them to an IRA. In your case, you might want to explore rolling it to an IRA because in the TSP, again, you're limited by the investment choices. So you would select probably the best three or four investment choices out of the five that's in the TSP. And then with your old employer plans, you can roll that to an IRA and invest around what you're putting into the TSP. So you can have a much greater broad base of investment choices for yourself. That's probably the way that I would I would take a look at it. However, the TSP will allow you to put money in from an old old rollover if you did choose. But you have an well, opportunity here to, to get the best of both worlds in your scenario. Okay. So I was just about to ask, um, should I even bother with the TSP because I do have more flexibility with the old plan, even though my employer is not matching – um, but then I, 
if I stay with, if I do do a new fund, at least the government will be matching. So you're basically saying do both. Yes. Now, I want you to put in the money into the TSP because as a, as a FERS, Federal Employee Retirement System person, you're going to get a 5% match. You, you you need to put in at least 5% because that's oh, 100% yeah. interest on your money. On Correct. Yeah. So so do that. Your old employer is not going to match because you're not working right. there anymore. The right. money's just sitting there dormant going up and down based off of whatever investment choices are there. So that's how I would sort of allocate it out. Mm-hmm. If, if you like, I'll send you out some info that, that sort of depicts it all and, and shows you the, 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 the four things that you can do and how you can diversify in, in coordination with the TSP and your old 401k plan. Oh, fantastic. Sure. Let me Thank put you, you on hold, Catherine, and we'll have someone reach out to you next week and get that information to you. Appreciate okay. the phone call. You're yes, listening to Ma- Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's move on over to the district and welcome Teresa on the line. Good morning, Teresa. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Sure. How um, can I help so, you? So I'm working as a 1099 employee. This is the first time I've ever experienced this, and I'm really not sure how to proceed with um, setting money aside for retirement purposes and, of course, to to help offset um, my tax requirements. So I was hoping maybe you could make some recommendations on where I should start uh, putting my money in an IRA or something like that. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, so, so how long have you been a 1099 employee? Has it just been for this year so far? Yes, it's been just for this year. So you need to make you, – do you have your, your, your business account set up and everything? I do have a business account, um, but I work through a company. So the company, um, so I work through a company, and the company hired me as a 1099. So um, I set up my own separate LLC, hoping that the company could pay my LLC directly. And they said they can't do that, so they just pay me directly, Teresa, um, as a 1099 employee. But I do have an LLC set up separately. So when you get when you yeah when you when you get your pay from this company you can move it into the LLC now there's certain rules that you need to talk to a CPA about on how much you can move in uh, because you don't okay. want to avoid the the uh, uh, FICA tax issues so so there's right. a certain amount that you can move in there but the bottom line to your question is. You need to set aside enough for taxes out of each paycheck you receive, and you need to also set aside money to pay yourself. One of the challenges that self-employed business owners um, have all the time is they keep putting money back into their business to make make it grow. They've got overhead, employee costs, technology costs, all that kind of stuff, and they neglect over time to, to pay themselves. That's one of the bills right. that you need to pay, you know, tithe, pay yourself next, pay taxes, then let Visa and MasterCard fight over what's left, basically. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> um, you can set yourself up an automatic bank draft out of your checking account where a mutual okay. fund company can, can draft money each month, whether it's $50, $500, whatever it may be per month, right out of your checking account, right into an IRA, and that will start you established, you know, a tax-deferred savings plan for yourself right right now, right on down the road. It's very easy to do. Okay. 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 So are you All working right. with a tax preparer? I have not started working with a tax preparer. I, um, I've been getting lots of calls from places like LegalZoom to um, talk to them about um, taxes, and I know that they're in the business of, 
selling their service. So I, I've talked to them kind of generically, but um, I haven't like specifically chosen a CPA or anything like that. One one guy that I did talk to who was a CPA, he kind of blew me away with the hourly rate that he quoted. I was like, whoa. So, so Teresa, I see you're I'm new to this world. I yeah, I see you're calling from from D.C. and and I actually have an office in Northern Virginia and in, in Vienna, Tyson's area, as well as in Catonsville in in Baltimore. And I can introduce you to a couple of CPAs that our our firm works with and our clients work with, uh, if, okay. if if you like. And then maybe you can come in and speak to one of them, and you know, a free consultation and see how they might be able to s- assist and and guide you. At le- that that's what I can do for you today. Okay. Thank you so much. So please Absolutely. hold on. Let me, let me put you on hold, and then we will uh, get your information, and we'll have someone reach out to you about coming to speak with one, uh, one of the CPAs, okay? Wonderful. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Or simply visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, for uh, lots of information that we've been talking about on the radio show today. You can download the reports. If you want information on just some subjects that come up, be <laughs> yes. happy to, to just shoot us off an email. We'll be happy to send it out to you as well. So, it's one of the things we've been doing on this show for years. A lot of our serious family, uh, family talk XM one thirty one uh, listeners listening right now aren't aware we've been doing this show here on on the East Coast in the Washington D.C. metro area for uh, well over fifteen years or so. We we are, you know one of our goals is is to help provide educational resources for financial planning, investment strategies, estate planning, whatever it may be. Subjects are just unlimited. Feel free again to give us a ring on any subject matter that you may have. Uh, let's shoot on over to Marilyn and welcome Lucy on the line. Good morning, Lucy. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. How can I help I, you? Okay, so I have a question. I am a upcoming federal retiree, and uh, there's a supplement that goes with your annuity and all. And I want to know if I can decline the supplement because I'd rather not be uh, subject to all the Social Security tax laws and to all the limits in terms of working. Do you know? Lucy, are you a, a civil service employee or a federal employee? Fed. So you're talking about a, your Social Security supplement retiring before 62? Yes. I'd be about 50, the minimum so 56. Yeah, so they're going to give you a bridge payment until Social Security. Then they're going to reduce part of your pension and let Social Security take over at 62, correct? That's right. Yes, I, I, really, I, I, I would decline it. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to decline that? Because I don't want to have all the constraints of you can only work and earn $17,000 or whatever and all the Social Security taxes. I'm wondering if I would avoid all that if I declined the supplement. How old are you right now? 55. So the bridge payment would carry the same rules, what you're telling me, the bridge payment carries the same rules as Social Security if you make more than the 17000 and some dollars. Uh, you have to pay it back because you're under 65, uh, six, your normal retirement age. Oh, so what I'm saying is I don't know exactly how that goes, but I understand that if you earned over the 17000 or whatever, then... Um, yes, that's are. a Social Security rule. Okay. 
once you get on Social Security at age 62, let's suppose that you're, well, you're 55, so your normal retirement age for Social Security is 67. However, at 62, your little bridge payment here is going to switch over to Social Security. So between 62 and 67, since you're taking Social Security, during those years, if you were to make more than $17,000, and I think it's $29, it's $17,000 and some dollars, then you're going to have to pay money back to Social Security. So if you choose, when you get to 62, you don't have to take Social Security. You can just wait. If you're okay. if you're if you're earning income at that particular point, but I do not believe that it has anything to do with your bridge, your supplement payment until you're 62, from 55 to 62. Uh, that is a question that I will look up for you and get back with you. But I believe that that is the case. You're safe there, but once you hit Social Security age at 62, your bridge type supplemental payment, as you call it, stops. And then it switches that piece of your pension switch over to Social Security, and that's when you're subject to that to that uh, ceiling on earnings at that particular point. Okay. But if you're not so. working, I would encourage you to take it. If you are working, then we've got to do the math and and see how much money you can actually earn to see see if it would help you or not. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. I'll, I'll put you on hold, and then I'll have uh, I'll make sure we'll do some research to make sure that that's correct. But I'm pretty sure that's that's the deal. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Let's see, we've got to take a quick break here. Bob, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's a quick tip for you. Remember, it's time in the market, not necessarily timing. Stay away from lots of buy-sell transactions. Find quality, buy it, and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. It's time in the market, not necessarily timing. If you'd like more information on proper investing, then go visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com or simply give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. That's 855-767-3123. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. And welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. We still have time for your phone calls this morning at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. 3123. Call now with your financial planning or retirement question. We do have some more time to uh, take your calls on the air today. Larry? Bob, one of the things that we always try to do is break down complicated subjects, complicated processes, you know, that Wall Street sends out to us or Congress sends out to us when it comes to dealing with your money, financial planning, and things like that. 
And I asked at the top of the show, you know, what's tugging on your heart strings about money? What's your heart asking about money? What do you want to know? That's one of the things that we'll help people do in this show here today as well as we have for, for a couple decades now almost and going forward as well. Here's the question that we need to be pondering over the next week. What's the difference between our lifestyle income and our essential needs income? Breaking down, looking at the retirement picture, what do you need for your essential bottom line income to meet your standard of living? And then what do you need on top of that for your lifestyle enjoyment? Stop and think about that. Does your financial plan actually show those two lines right there? Again, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and click on the video, the beginning now video on the front page, and it breaks down and it sort of talks about the differences between your essential income and your lifestyle income in a financial plan. And a lot of people get those two subjects sort of twisted around and, and they don't understand. And you know, we had a we had a caller earlier today calling about an annuity, Bob, where that's going to deliver, you know, essential income to her. Right, wrong, or indifferent, if you need an annuity, I, I don't know, but but that's part of what we're talking about here is ask yourself this question. Hey, what's my essential income needs versus my lifestyle income needs? Let's welcome Felicia on the line. Good morning, Felicia. How are you today? I am doing just well. Thank you so very much. I'm, first of all, I really appreciate all the depth and, and uh, breadth of knowledge that you have in the financial industry. Um, but I've, I'm interested in finding out what the tax liability uh, is regarding capital gains tax after selling an inheritance, a house. Um, in my father's will, I was identified as the executor and um, the life estate holder. However, my father also included my sister um, and her two sons um, as, uh, as um, equal tenants. Uh, but because of my financial challenges over the last several years, I've had to uh, sell the house because my mother had a HELOC loan on, on the house, and I couldn't keep up. Okay, so have you been living in the house? I lived in the house for um, two years. I had to short sell my condominium in Maryland, uh, but my sister was living in the house for uh, several years because she uh, struggles with the um, medical condition. So I was um, carrying both responsibilities. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but it looks like to me, did you sell the house in 2018? Yes, I sold it in, um, in March of 2018. So it sounds like to me that you were the owner of the house? Um, well, uh, well, I, if it, well, I was the, light, uh, the executor of the life estate. Um, but again, my sister and my nephews were also in, uh, listed in the, in the will as um, sharing, sharing like. Okay, in, so in, there in, were three owners basically in the house? Four. Four owners in the house. So the way this is going to break out, and we need to get a CPA involved, and I, I have some that, that can help us with this, but I believe the way this is going to break out is the people that it was not their primary residence. Mm -hmm. On any gain over the over the value from the day your dad passed mm -hmm. to when you sold it is going to be a capital gain event. Mm -hmm. And for the person who had it as their primary residence two of the last five years, if they're mm -hmm. single, then they can exclude up to $250,000 of capital gains. So um, 
Felicia, there, there's a lot more questions I have to ask you on this right. scenario. And I'm getting music in my headphones right now, so we're I just coming down it. the last <laughs> few seconds of the show. I'm going to okay. put you on hold. I'll stay in studio, and I'll answer your questions off air if you just give me another minute or two, okay? Appreciate okay, that. perfect. We also have callers on the line. I'll stay in studio if you all want to stay on, and I'll be happy to answer your questions. So, again, visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the video there on the front page. It'll show you how a properly structured financial plan could work for you and address the questions of what your essential income needs versus your lifestyle income needs. So for my guest here in the studio today, for Kennedy, who did a rock star job answering the phones this morning, we appreciate your help and, and service today. And for Bob, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.